Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown. Two is buried. That was Sauce Gardner. Here he goes! Goodbye and hello Enzo! And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess. Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to preview the New York Jets' offensive line position heading into training camp. And to do that, we bring in playlikeajet.com senior writer Tommy Griffin Krantz, who wrote a great article breaking all of this down over at playlikeajet.com. Tommy, welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, Scott. Glad to be here. Another... Uh position that I think uh, like we talked about with the tight ends that could be a position of strength I think the offensive line has a chance to be uh, positive for the Jets this upcoming season hopefully they can be as successful as your son who is now celebrating his birthday congratulations <laughs> to him on that uh, that's nice guy yeah happy birthday Oak <laughs> <laughs> I love that you've given your kids names that are like completely tied to your sports fandom it's fantastic your youngest <laughs> yep. son's name is gibson which i respect as a huge kirk gibson fan <laughs> yeah that was my guy back uh, in 88 i mean that was i just know you said it just thinking of the home run goosebumps on my arms currently one of my favorite non-jet sports moments of all time if you've never seen that game or at least that at bat from kirk gibson it really is the corniest thing you've ever seen. If a movie script had been written about it like that, it would have been rejected because they would have said, come on, you got to be kidding. Nobody's going to sit through this. This is too corny even for Hollywood. Still fantastic. And if you've never seen 
any of the documentaries on it also you should check that out because there's a whole bunch of really cool behind the scenes i think mlb network did one years ago that i would recommend finding on youtube or if you have mlb network i'm sure they have it on demand or something but let's talk about the jets right now because unfortunately they haven't had very many moments along the lines of the kirk gibson home run i guess the closest thing to that would be when the jets beat the patriots with the famous bart scott can't wait moment when he was talking about the steelers the following week but it's been a rough decade ever since we're hoping that the offensive line can play into what the jets are going to have to do to turn this thing around because if they can protect zach wilson and if they can open up some holes for Brees hall and michael carter it's going to make the offense run a whole lot smoother but before we get to where the Jets are now, we got to talk about where the Jets were last year. And I think a lot of us believe that the Jet offensive line was going to be pretty bad. On paper, it didn't look very good. You had Mekhi Becton, who was coming in as a second-year guy, high hopes. But beyond that, Elijah Vera Tucker, high hopes for him, but he was a rookie. He didn't know what you were getting. You had George Fant and Morgan Moses competing for the right tackle spot. Two guys that are not bad, but it's not exactly like they're world beaters. Connor McGovern at center had been terrible the year before. And then you took a look at the guard position, and you really had no idea what you were going to get there because Alex Lewis was slated to start, and then there was all that stuff with him ending up retiring. And it was such a terrible weak spot with guys like Greg Van Roten. So you didn't know what was going to happen there. The offensive line was a wild card. But they ended up being a lot better than people thought that they would be. Tommy, you've got some interesting stats here that you dug up from Football Outsiders about what the Jets did on the offensive line last year. Why don't you go through some of that? Sure. One of the first ones we looked at was a, a stat called Stuffed. And that stat tracks the percentage of runs where running backs are stopped at or behind the line of scrimmage. And the Jets had 18% of their runs stuffed last year. And the NFL average is 17%. So the Jets were ranked 20th in that particular uh, stat. And the other stat that Football Outsiders looked at is called power success. And power success is uh, the percentage of runs on third or fourth down, uh, two yards or less to go that achieved the first down or a touchdown. And that includes runs on first and goal and second and goal from the two-yard line or closer. So in terms of power success, the Jets were ranked 20th. Uh, they converted on 64% of those plays, and the again, the NFL average there was 67%. So in both of those particular statistics, that sort of shows that the Jets were not really, the power success, not really good in uh, short yardage situations. And a lot of times the, uh, you know, the defense was getting to the running backs before they were even you know, getting to the line of scrimmage. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. 
Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Tommy, some high hopes at guard this year where there weren't much in the way of high hopes last year. People thought that Elijah Vera Tucker could make an instant impact, and he did. He started off a little slow, came into his own, I think had a pretty good rookie year. But that other guard spot, as I said, absolute mess. First, you thought it was going to be Alex Lewis, then Greg Van Roten. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif came in in a late-season trade and actually ended up playing reasonably well, but they needed a major upgrade there. And as we saw in Flight 2022, which you and I reviewed on the show, you reviewed at playlikeajet.com, and is available to watch all five parts right now on the Jets' official YouTube channel, they prioritized guard in the offseason. They wanted a big-time guard, and they got one. Lakin Tomlinson, the pro bowler out of San Francisco, somebody that knows the system, worked with LaFleur, worked with Benton, familiar with Salah. So there's a major level of comfort with all of these guys together. And he comes in here now to be one of the leaders of this offensive line and shore up by far the weakest spot on that unit. Talk to me about what you dug up on him because you've got some pretty cool information about Lake and Tomlinson. Tomlinson, uh, you know, he was drafted in 2015 by the, the Lions. Uh, after two well, okay seasons with the with the Lions, he was traded to the Niners just before the start of the 2017 season. And then he didn't play the first game there with uh, San Francisco, but now he's played 80 straight games for the Niners and 80 straight games in Kyle Shanahan's system which is very similar to what the Jets are running here in New York. So him coming over to the Jets, he can definitely is going to slide right in. No learning curve for him. In fact, the offensive line coach is the same. John Benton, the, um, you know, he's familiar with uh, LaFleur. So this should be a really smooth transition, him coming in. And it made sense. Sort of when they signed him, I thought he was, that they would keep Barrett Tucker at the left guard and move Tomlinson over to right guard, but it makes too much sense to have a guy who's played this much in this much off in this system to just come in, play left guard, and move Per Tucker over to the right guard. So we talk about the new addition in Lake and Tomlinson, and there's another guy who's not a new addition, but he's almost like having a new addition. We've mentioned Carl Lawson before and how the Jets getting him now, it's almost like a big-time free agent uh-huh. signing because he was out all of last year, so he comes in fresh this year. And the Jets will immediately lean on him to be that big impact edge rusher that they thought they were getting last year. Similar situation with Mekhi Becton. He had a really good rookie season, although he was hurt for a handful of games. Last year, he got hurt in the first game, gone the whole year. So it's almost like they're getting an impact free agent. 
at left tackle. The question is, what are the Jets going to get out of Mekhi Becton? Is he going to be able to stay healthy and be the impressive player that he was as a rookie and build on that and become even better? Is he going to get hurt again? Is he going to take some sort of step back and regress? We just don't know. It's a huge question mark, right? Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's almost like they're getting a free agent at left tackle. And he is going to be the big question mark. If you get the guy who played as a rookie, I mean, this Jets line can be pretty, pretty good. But if he's overweight, or out of shape, or he gets hurt again, then you know the depth there isn't isn't awesome. When you take a look at the Jets' depth at the offensive line spot, that's been a major problem for a long time. Now, last year, the depth at tackle saved them completely because when Becton went down, they had Morgan Moses, who was a capable starting caliber tackle, who slid in there and kept the Jets from being embarrassing at that position. Moses and Fant were both pretty respectable all year long. But beyond that, there wasn't a lot in the way of depth. You had guys like Connor McDermott, who's terrible. No offense, I'm sure he's a nice guy. And he did catch that touchdown pass. Chuma Doga, I don't think he's going to survive the cuts during training camp. I would be very surprised if he ends up being on the opening day roster. And so you looked at this O-line and said, they really need to add some players here that can help round out the unit. And they went out and did that. They got Max Mitchell, who played pretty well for Louisiana, had a nice career there, was a year one starter, started for four seasons, was invited to the Senior Bowl. He's a guy that has a lot of versatility. He can play guard. He can play tackle. He can play both tackle spots. So if Becton or Fant get hurt, and remember, it wasn't just Becton who got hurt last year. Fant got hurt at the end of the year and had a serious injury that caused him to be out for the season. Mitchell gives them some real depth at tackle, which is nice. They may also go out and get Riley Reef, who is still a free agent at the moment. They could use him to be the Morgan Moses replacement. But the one that I really like is Nate Herbig, who they brought in from the Philadelphia Eagles. Herbig has said that a big part of the reason why he came to the Jets is because of Joe Douglas. Douglas recruited him to the Eagles as an undrafted free agent and recruited him to the Jets now. He clearly believes there's opportunities for him here. And he played well when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles when he got the opportunity and was in the starting lineup. Now you know that the Jets have a guy that can slot in at center, slot in at guard. If there's an injury, whether it's to Tomlinson, who hasn't had a history of injuries, but it's football, it's a collision sport, you never know. Vera Tucker and Connor McGovern, who's coming off an injury. So you've got a guy that could capably step in at any of those positions, plus Mitchell, who could play guard or tackle, step in the right direction depth-wise. Last year, when they were able to sign um, Morgan Moses, it ended up being huge for them. I mean, Becton got hurt 48 snaps into the season and didn't play again for the rest of the year. So had they not had him, we would have seen Chuma Doga all year, and no one wants to see that. Bringing in uh, Nate Herbig, a versatile guy who, like you said, could play all over the line, uh, I wrote a story about him that's linked up in this particular article. So you can check that out if anyone wants to learn a little bit more about Nate Herbig. And, you know, bringing in Riley Reef, if, if that's a guy that they could uh, potentially sign. He's got tons of experience. I mean, you don't, you don't want him to be your starting left tackle all season, but as a, as a rotational swing tackle, he could do a lot worse than Riley Reef. Tommy, since you referenced the article that you wrote on Nate Herbig over at playlikeajet.com, why don't we dig in a little bit deeper on him as well? Because we mentioned how important the depth is going to be, and I really want to paint a clearer picture of that. 
We mentioned how Joe Douglas recruited Herbig to the Eagles as an undrafted free agent and then recruited Nate Herbig to the Jets after the Eagles let him go by his request because he felt like he wasn't going to get opportunities to play in Philly, wanted to go somewhere else. Talk a little bit about some of the interesting info you dug up on Nate Herbig that's in your article right now over at playlikeajet.com. Yeah, so sure, Nate Herbig, he went uh, undrafted in 2019 after he had a pretty solid career at Stanford, but he had like the worst 40 time of all time. He had the worst 40 time in the 2019 combine and he ended up going undrafted. So the Eagles signed him as a free agent when uh, Joe Douglas was there. So he started 17 games due to injuries with the Eagles and uh, in 848 pass blocking snaps, Herbig allowed just three sacks and four quarterback hits during his uh, 17 games that he played. You told me before we started recording, you had some additional information that's actually not in your article at playlikeajet.com that'll be exclusive to the Play Like a Jet podcast. What do you got? One of the things I, I, I happened upon were uh, percentage, they're looking at percentage of drives where a team allows a sack versus when a team doesn't allow a sack. So in the past five years, when a team allows a sack on a drive, only seven. 7.8% of those drives result in a touchdown. And without a sack, 25.8% of those drives result in a touchdown. So it's a pretty big difference on a team just allowing a sack versus not allowing a sack on just a single drive. Um, when teams allow a sack, the percentage of times they score on that drive is 22.4%. And without a sack, it goes up to 40.2%. So again, a huge difference. Last year, the Jets allowed 53 sacks. I think that was fourth worst in the NFL. Now, we know a lot of those sacks weren't just on the offensive line. A lot, you know, Zach Wilson holding on to the ball a little bit more. But just when teams don't allow sacks during drive, I mean, it makes a huge difference in the results of the end results of the drives. Tommy, let's talk a little bit about what we should expect from this unit this year with the improvements that were made. Makai Becton is an improvement because he didn't play last year. The question, of course, is what are you getting out of him? Connor McGovern comes back. We don't know exactly what's going to happen there because he's starting to creep up close to 30. He's coming back off that injury. George Fant is over 30. He's coming off that injury. But those two guys played fairly well last year before they got injured. Elijah Vera Tucker, you would hope, would take a step forward in his second season. And then, of course, Lakin Tomlinson, old reliable guy, knock on wood, doesn't seem to miss games. And he was a pro bowler last year, seems to be at his very best right now. And perhaps he was a late bloomer and his best football could be in front of him over the next two to three years, which is exactly what the Jets would be paying him for. So last year, the Jets were, I would say, based on all the metrics, a slightly below average offensive line, which is much better than anybody would have expected them to be this year, based on what they've done based on what they did last year and sort of tabulating all of that together and applying everything that you've put together in your article from last year and the improvements that were made this year, what do you think would constitute a significant enough improvement? Do you think they can get to league average, maybe even slightly above league average? Now, <clears throat> with the injuries and not knowing where Makai Becton is until we can <laughs> see him on the field, see where his head is, there's, it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to try to make a prediction on here. But 
if Becton comes, like I said, if Becton comes back there and you've added a pro bowler in Lake and Tomlinson, and you're going to expect Elijah Vera Tucker to take a little bit of a leap. There's no reason not to expect that this team should be better than this uh, unit should be better than league average. We know that Zach Wilson is entering a pivotal year, year number two, and he has got to improve significantly. Doesn't have to necessarily be a top 10 quarterback, but he's got to look like he at least belongs as a starter in the NFL. The Jets made an investment in Brees Hall this year. They made an investment in Michael Carter last year. The offensive line is going to be key to the success of both the running game and the passing game. So it's crucial that these guys are able to carry out what Benton and LaFleur ask of them every single Sunday, not to mention, of course, every day in practice. What do you think the key is here for them to be able to do what we've been talking about and help the Jets become a watchable and somewhat fun offense? Because it all starts in the trenches, as they say. We know that it's going to be a lot harder if the offensive line can't hold their blocks when it comes to pushing forward in the run game and if they can't keep guys from getting to Zach Wilson and he ends up getting hurt. We remember what happened with Matthew Judon last year and the wide receivers don't have time to get open. What do you think needs to happen here? Scott, the concept of watchable Jets games seems almost foreign after (laughs) the last 10 seasons of this franchise. But I I think... You know, you, you got to look at health, I think, is going to be a big thing. As you mentioned, we talked about all these guys who, who, who had injuries last year along, along the line who ended up not not playing the full season. But just the idea of having a healthy back then, who was the guy who you had two years ago, and Lakin Tomlinson next to him just mauling guys, and Brees Hall and Michael Carter running the ball all game long can, is going to go so far into just helping Zach Wilson develop. The running game with the investments that they've made there, there's no reason not to think that this team can be a top of the half of the league rushing attack. If the Jets can be a top half of the league rushing attack and be a much more respectable passing offense, as I said before, the Jets may not necessarily be headed for the playoffs, but they could at least be an entertaining offense and they could show you The pieces are in place for them to be a meaningful team going forward, which we haven't seen in quite a while. Even though in 2015 they had a fun year, they went 10-6, and the offense produced, it's not like it was done with a bunch of young players on the rise. It was done with older veterans, Fitzpatrick, Brandon Marshall, even Eric Decker, who wasn't old per se, but he wasn't at the beginning of his career either. He was on his second contract. This time, if it happens, you've got an exciting group. You do have Lakin Tomlinson, who's an older guy. You do have guys like George Fant and Connor McGovern, but we talked about Max Mitchell. He's a guy that could be groomed to be a long-term starter. We know Makai Becton is on that line, Elijah Vera Tucker. You've got youth at wide receiver, youth at running back, youth at tight end now. So there's the opportunity for this offense to really move forward in 2022, take that step towards long-term respectability that we've long been wanting them to take, and it all comes down to the offensive line. If the offensive line can do its job and do well in the run game and do well protecting Zach Wilson, we are going to see the beginning of what could be the turnaround we have all been desperately hoping to see here with the New York Jets. Tommy Griffin Kranz, senior writer at playlikeajet.com. Thank you so much for coming on. 
and previewing the offensive line position for the Jets heading into training camp. Really appreciate it. Don't forget, Tommy's got a great article on this with lots of facts and figures and cool stats up at playlikeajet.com right now. So go read it if you haven't already. Tommy, what else are you going to be working on coming up, and how can people get a hold of you on social media? Sure, you can uh, find me on social media at the Real T Griff, and uh, we're going to go through all the positions, all the units, going uh, leading right up into training camp. We uh, I did tight ends last week, offensive line this week, and we'll have another one coming out at the uh, end of the week. Make sure that you check out everything Tommy's writing over at PlayLikeAJet.com. Follow him on Twitter at the Real T Griff. As I always say, you do not want to follow the fake T. Griff because he is going to try and defraud you out of money. And worse yet, he's a Patriots fan. Do not follow the fake T. Griff. Follow the real T. Griff on Twitter. <laughs> also, make sure you visit our store over at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, Bless You Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, We'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. It's Play Like a Jet Digital at playlikeajet.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. 
See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com/live.